And welcome back to Brown's Cast. Um, might might be a little, as you can tell, it's the, the uh, tone in our voice, well, at least my voice anyway. Um, I don't think this is going to be a happy one. Nope, no, definitely not. Uh, I'm here with uh, Matt Milner tonight, um, and Gerbs, I guess, is just. He's uh, taking a mental health day, which I think I need I'm one, I'm in a bomb shelter for all we know. <laughs> Can't blame him. You know what? D&D might be a good escape, actually. I think I'd take that over. over yeah, at there. least it's like you can escape to fantasy land with D&D. Uh, quite, quite literally escape to a fantasy, fantasy realm. A lot better than what we saw on Monday night. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you know, there's there's no way to sugarcoat it. Um, where do we go from here? Where do the Browns go from here? Which part? Um, I mean, the defense looked good when it wasn't like put in a bad position to give up points. They, they even in the positions there, even in the bad positions, they were put in to give that would normally facilitate points for the other team. They, uh, they only give up field goals. <laughs> the offense gave up more points than the defense. Like if they just played a straight up, just clean game of football, this game would have been so much boring than it turned into like literally off the jump. The first play, first play from scrimmage and it tips off Harrison Bryant's hands. And that's basically how the whole thing just collapsed on itself. One play. Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those, you know, we, we talked last week about shaking shaking the stigma. And the Browns can come up with all the confidence they want, but that shit happens on the first play. And you're immediately in your head. Like, we we can't win here. And then Chubb goes down and you're like, well, this is, this is scuffed. Why are we here? Yeah. Like, I guess we might as well just get into it. I mean, with Chubb, I mean, I guess he, the outpouring of support for Nick Chubb has kind of been tremendous in the fact that it's not just like Cleveland fans that are like showing their support. It's like the whole entire sports world. Like with how gruesome that injury was, it's like, it was almost like a seeing a loved one die in real time, you know. Yeah, it. I mean, I'm glad that they didn't show it. Uh, contrary to what some idiots are saying in the media today, um, yeah. I, I don't know why ESPN should be required to uh, show that on te- television. If you want to go see that shit, you can go see Saw in theaters next month. I mean, it's all, I saw it on Instagram, and I immediately like threw my. I didn't throw my phone, but I wanted to throw my phone because it was an ugly injury. Yeah, I mean, the unfortunate part is like I can be kind of numb to injuries in a sense. That one was bad, but I think from my end, I was kind of seeing red over just the sheer level of unnecessary that the sequence of events that caused it to happen. Yeah. Cause I mean, I, I don't want to go in and say Minka Fitzpatrick who can step on Legos for the rest of the season for all I care, did it on purpose, but because you know, that would, that would require intent. And I, I am about 96% certain that he didn't have intent to take Chubb's knees out. Literally, but if if it wasn't dirty, then it was at least it was at the very least an unsafe punk ass tackle. Yeah, where and where he tackled him, it just like it's it, he's in a vulnerable position, especially with your leg being straight. It's basically like like it's a it's I don't know, like what can you say? It's just unfortunate all around. It, it's unfortunate, and it's just. That's the kind of tackle that you just don't need. Like, and I know 
some of that is Micah Fitzpatrick has been literally victimized by Nick Chubb for like four years now. So like there's something there, there there's gotta be something in his own head where like, I'm not going to get stiff armed into the turf again. Like, um, but I, I don't, I don't think he tried to hurt him, but you don't do that. Like the, the way that you, you could dive at someone's legs or lower extremities and do it in a, in a safe way. You can dive at as you can dive head, not even head first, but you can dive in a normal tackles way, not throw your hip into his knee. Yeah. Just obviously the, the, when it happens in real time, I imagine with football, like there's not much thinking. It's just instincts just kicking in and like. But if that's your instincts, then you have bad instincts. That's true. So I mean, even when you try to like, try to like explain it away, it's hard to explain it away. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that's just not a form tackle. It's not, it's not a tackle that, you know, if you, if you're, if you're of other players in the league, especially running backs, you're, you're not looking at that and saying, Oh yeah, that's fine. That's how I want to be tackled. No, like no, because you, you may have just ended a player's career. Yeah, which, like... which I don't want to get into because I think if anyone's going to come back from this, it's Nick Chubb because he's one. He's done it before, like literally the same thing. Yeah, I don't know how hard about is he works as hard as anyone in, in the league. Like we we've seen the videos all every year. Like he yeah. works his ass off. I, I don't I don't think we're going to see very many of those next summer. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't doubt that he can come back. I hope that the Browns stick with him. They, they do have every right to take their out on the contract and say that he might not be worth $12 million next year because we don't know what we're going to get out of him. And I, given where they're at financially, I could kind of see it, but I also don't think that they do. I think that would given, given how the locker room reacted and, how it just seemed the team was after the team was playing after that happened. I think if you did that, you would open up the possibility of like a locker room revolt in a sense. Yeah. Like I, I totally understand it from like the um, football perspective of just like saying, Hey, job might not be the same after this and we might just cut our losses, but at the same time, at the human element, with how the team has basically responded and kind of just mourned the loss of the guy that they they know, like they truly truly like value like he might not say much he might not be a vocal leader but he is valued in that locker room regardless like he's valued in the league it's pretty evident yeah like. There's not very many running backs that didn't say something last night. Yeah, like De- Derrick Henry was one, one guy. There were a couple others that I saw. It was just the outpouring of support for Nick Chubb. Like you, it just shows you how like respected he is in this game. Like you cannot put into words how much. Like not even in football, just not, across sports. Not to not to pile on Aaron Rodgers, but I don't remember this happening last week. I don't think we even got one tweet. It was more of just the shock of, of it happening more so than the support of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I think I think the shock of it happening when it did was what superseded the, oh my God, this might be the last time we see Aaron Rodgers. But, you know, the, the, these knee surgeries are getting better. I hope, I hope that he didn't have the worst possible outcome, which would be our arterial or vascular damage in his knee. Um, yeah. Cause that's always the concern with dislocations. Like my dad is an x-ray tech. Like this is kind of his specialty. And he was telling me like the, the main concern, if it is dislocated is you don't want like, well, of course you don't want it ever, but like if it ever happens, you don't want it to cause like blood, like this, like potential bl- blood transfusion issues, you know? Yeah. You don't want it to, you don't want it to end up in a situation where he's losing blood to his lower leg and 
if it happens, if that goes on for too long then the leg isn't savable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I doubt, I mean, we would have granted, we would have heard something by now if that was the case. Um, the fact that we haven't heard anything is vaguely worrisome to me. Usually by now a team has come out and said, Oh yeah, he tore this and this and he's out for the year. Yeah. The yeah. information of what happened has been kind of weird. Like they, they just mentioned ligaments and that's kind of been it. Yeah. So I, I wonder, I wonder why the delay on that. Maybe they're just going to wait until they can actually get in there. And the doctor's going to say, yes, I repaired the MCL, PCL and ACL. The LCL was fine. And pop the knee back in place. Yeah. Um, but I also think we probably would have heard something by now if he did have some kind of serious damage. Um, I mean, it was not long after uh, Bridgewater got hurt that we found out that there was trauma, trauma doctors on the scene. Um, yeah, he was... Like that injury, like he was fighting for his life for like to basically get his to make he sure was, he, he was fighting for his leg, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, anytime the trauma doctors are called out, it's probably not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's it's the kind of injury that I mean, it definitely ruined the viewing experience for me. Um, it was, I mean, it probably ruined the viewing experience for a lot of people, but it it's, I could definitely see why, like this isn't, and this isn't an excuse. They, the Browns were the better team last night. They just got in their own way four times. Yeah. Uh, five times if you include the touchdown pass for, to, for, uh, to Pickens. Um, but the team seemed dazed and you thought it might fix after halftime and it somewhat did, but the rest of the second quarter, they were just in a fog. They, I don't know. It was definitely one of, uh, and we've seen a lot of bad Browns games over the years. I am 30 years old. I have seen my fair share of bad Browns games. I've watched my fair share of bad Browns games. Um, I think last night was my least favorite game that I've ever watched. Yeah, this one might be up there with the Joe Thomas injury, like just in the way it happened because it was unexpected and you you don't expect something like that to happen. Yeah, I mean, you can never anticipate an injury. Um, I hope this doesn't end the same way Joe Thomas does. With, him. I mean, I don't think Nick Chubb will call it a career at this point. But yeah, he's too young. Like unless, the, unless the doctors tell him to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it sucks. Like it sucks. I don't think there's anything more profound to add to it than it really just fucking sucks. Yeah, I can agree. Um, I, it did. I'm trying to trying to segue here without like feeling too bad about myself. Um, we did get to see a fair amount of Jerome Ford again, um, and. You know he was he was fairly solid. He looked a lot better la- last night than he did against the Bengals. Uh, so many of those carries against the Bengals were in garbage time, though, so it's kind of hard to judge. Uh, and the first game was kind of tainted by <laughs> his first NFL carry ended in a fumble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, hopefully he hopefully he has gone to the Nick Chubb school of not fumbling. Um. But. I, I thought he looked pretty good. I, th- I, I can't say anything real negative about him. He has he has the speed to do what he needs to do. I don't think he quite has the vision that Nick Chubb does, but Nick Chubb's vision is pretty much unmatched. Um, 
Yeah, like they definitely – he at least showcased why the Browns like had confidence in him as like a backup running back. Like with what he showcased because he did have that 69-yard run that got them to the goal line just to get a very much needed touchdown at that point in the game. And yeah. He, and he was solid. Like in the situation that, that he, he was called upon, like you couldn't have asked anything better out of him. No, I mean he he – had a lot of good carries. Uh, I mean, he averaged 6.6 yards per carry. Uh, obviously, there's a 69-yarder somewhere in there. So let me see what he averaged the rest of the time. Uh, I think probably like 40-something yards. As oh. I mean, he only averaged 2.5 the rest of the time. So not great. Um, there were some bad runs in the second half. I, I think... I do think that the Steelers took a lot of advantage of Nick Chubb not being on the field. Um, they just weren't as afraid of, even after the long run, they just weren't as afraid of Jerome Ford. Um, especially the pass rushers. They did not respect play action at all at that point. Yeah. They were just at that point, they were just teeing off. Like uh, they, they knew what, what was coming like way before the play even started. Yeah, and when like this offense is so predicated on the on play action working, if the defense stops respecting it, then the offense almost it doesn't completely fall apart, but it it definitely doesn't stay together. Yeah, like that that's another part of like the Nick Chubb injury really being devastating is like you have to at least respect Nick Chubb because in that play action, like if he gets the ball, he can take it like 20, 30, 40 yards a pop, like it at any given moment. So like, and when it's Jerome Ford taking the most of those snaps, then it's a completely different story because he's a complete unknown relatively to this point. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I don't, I have confidence in Jerome Ford. Like don't, don't, don't get me wrong on this. Like, I mean, he's not Nick Chubb, but no one is Nick Chubb. And they said that as much today in the press conference. And I'm sure Jerome Ford will say the same thing if they talk to him this week, that he's not Nick Chubb. I kind of feel bad because it's now put on him and basically everybody's still mourning Nick Chubb. (laughs) He's just kind of just like existing. Like, I I don't know what to do. (laughs) Yeah, I do hope that this doesn't linger the way that it did last night within the locker room, they, I mean, even after the game, it still looked like they had seen a ghost. And yeah, some like, of the quotes that were coming out, they, they didn't seem like they ever mentally checked back in fully. So hopefully they're able to kind of turn that. Um, I don't even know the word. What, what would the word be? Um, um, for the word, I, I'm blanking too, but I, I just think, like it's almost like the five stages of grief that we saw in real time. It's like shock, anger, and, and just well, they they hit they hit they were in shock for the rest of the second quarter. They were probably in denial for the rest of the game, and they just never came out of it. So hopefully they can they can fix that and turn that into acceptance and doing what Nick Chubb would have done, which is go out and beat, beat ass, beat some Titan ass this week. Like, um, because he wouldn't, he wouldn't want them to go out like that just because he went down. Yeah. Like I can understand to a point where it's just like, it, it just mentally just shook them because he's been such a focal point to that offense. They probably planned the, like, even though people tried to like make it a thing like, oh, he won't be r- running as much as he used to. And it's like, of course, why wouldn't they give him the ball? And, and now it's just like, now you have to completely change your whole approach because now it's going to be on to Sean. Like there's more, a lot more than you probably would have expected. And, and it, it's going to be on his shoulders now, like completely. Yeah. And I mean, it, I I wish it felt better to say that. Yeah, like especially after last night, it just what, like <laughs> what what is your confidence level 
in Deshaun Watson right now? Uh, I mean, maybe like a four or five right now, just because of how it looked. Like, kind yeah. Of- I mean, I think I've definitely eroded down to about that point. I mean, it's just the sample size is getting bigger and it's not getting better. Yeah. Like, like at, at least with last week, you, you could see, see signs of where he could maybe like shake out of that, like sit that first six week sample. Like, okay. Yeah. His eyes are in the right place. He's making the right decisions. He made some crucial runs at crucial times and crucial passes too. But that was just like, I don't even know how to describe it. That like everybody's been kind of, zoning in on Kevin like but honestly if we're being completely honest Deshaun should not have played as bad as he did especially for the price we're paying for him. like look guys when you're paying a quarterback 230 million dollars adversity is just gonna happen it, it things are gonna fall apart things are just gonna happen that are unexpected you pay the man the money he's making because you believe he can overcome Almost at everything, like not everything to the point where it's like the the whole roster is just eroded around him that he can't even function to his capabilities. But if he's not functioning, the whole thing just completely collapses. And that's kind of where it look. It's that's what basically happened on Monday. You're 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 paying him to overcome those things. You're paying him because you thought that he could be the missing piece that Baker wasn't to this, this offense. And so far, and look, I'm not going to debate Baker. That dude went on a 16 month odyssey to God knows to wear Helen back to realize that, Oh wait, maybe I'm the problem. So maybe now he's figured himself out and like, go, go be, go be Ryan Fitzpatrick for your career. Yeah. I I don't think you're ever going to, I don't think he's ever going to be, worthy of a number one pick but i don't think he's going to be a i don't think he was ever as bad as we saw in 2021 and in carolina last year i think there was some sports psychology things that were going on last year where he was trying to prove it to everyone and couldn't do it and the panthers also sucked so it didn't help um but you know if he finds it so be it. The Browns were uh, the the Browns are never going to be wrong for moving on. Yeah. Um. But you know, you brought this guy in, and we we use this phrase a bunch in the Discord today. You sold your soul for a quarterback, and as of right now, your soul has been worth nothing. Yeah, and. That's just kind of where it's at right now. Like, I guess for how the feeling is right now, at least from the Discord, that he's just basically in show me mode. Like, you, you we know that you are talented, obviously. Like, you've won't you, been the you were, you were talented. Yeah. Like, show me you still are. Yeah, you're 27. You should not have like regressed this much, or at least. To the point where it's like we're already thinking of bringing in DTR and like, or even the thought of it being a, a possibility. Like, that's just kind of where things are at right now. And I, we, I mean, we should not be talking about this. We shouldn't. If if he's worth half the money we're paying him, we should not be talking about this. If he was worth a third of the money we're paying, sure. But the Browns are paying too much money for a quarterback to be this bad. Yeah, especially since... And it's not its not even like he's... I mean, if you look at the stat line, 22 of 40 is not good. 235 and a touchdown and a pick against Steelers is not, it's not bad. Um, I think Brock Purdy was around that. He threw two touchdowns uh, and a pick, and he was sacked four time, five times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deshaun Watson was six sacked three times. Um, his QBR was in the tank, but he had two turnovers that went for touchdowns that were questionably not even his fault. Um, 
it's it's not it's not a comfortable place to be because you not only are you watching a guy who potentially was space jammed in the last two years and he suddenly can't do the things that made him a first round pick and made him a pro bowler and an, an elite top five quarterback in his first three years in the league. You're also like you, as the Browns and as Browns fans, you know, you're stuck. <laughs> like you can't get out of this. Yeah. Like, like I, like we were talking to Greg, I was talking to Greg in the discord and like, I hope he didn't take it the wrong way when I said like, he, he brought up DTR's name and like, I kind of just told him like, this is not the type of thing where like an old Browns pass, we could just say, Hey, Jeff Garcia, you can just go away. We can have this like young rookie QB try out for like six games, see what happens. No, you, when you gave him all that guaranteed money, he's hanging around. There's a reason why they brought like for the Broncos, they brought Sean Payton out of retirement to basically save their investment. They gave up more draft picks to do that. Like they gave up a bunch of draft picks to get the guy. And then they gave up more draft picks to get a coach. Yeah, like it that's that's just what we're where we're at right now. So like if you're not happy with Deshaun, unfortunately, <laughs> he's not gonna be the first one to go. Yeah, the scapegoat is probably gonna be Stefanski and Barry because it's like that was their their investment, and they're gonna bring in somebody else to try to fix the investment because it's not working right now for whatever reason. I mean, and going down the fire Stefanski route, I don't think that's the answer either. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think you're just kind of stuck with this as is. I mean, if the if it goes completely off the rails and you lose the locker room, sure, maybe coaching is the right thing. But like, unless Deshaun Watson comes out and says, "No, I will not play for this coach," which granted he's done before. Um, I don't see a reason to let him go. Um, yeah, like you have to give him an opportunity to figure out some type of formula that works. Like, and it's not even like his formula is not working. The quarterback is not working. Yeah, like that. That's kind of where I'm at too. It's basically like, okay, what? Where's the disconnect that we're missing here? in film study, in practice? Is there something we need to tweak to get make you more comfortable? Like The the biggest issue is it's not even the same thing most of the time. Like sometimes it'll be a, a Watson breakdown. Sometimes it'll be a line breakdown. Sometimes it'll be – actually, last night I don't think it was a receiver breakdown. I think aside from Harrison Bryant forgetting he had hands, uh, I, I don't think – I don't think the receivers had a bad game. Um the line struggled, but I think we kind of foresaw that a little bit. To 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 an extent, like TJ Watt's going to get his num- numbers. Highsmith's a good good player. Like I think the part that kind of surprised me was without Cam Hayward, they the interior struggled. That's where I kind of thought that wouldn't be the biggest issue, and it ended up being like Wyatt Teller and Ethan Postage having like problems, like most of that game. Yeah. It's, I, I think, even even though we are the far superior team, I don't think this is the case with the Browns and the Bengals. I think those two are fairly evenly matched. The Browns just have a good matchup. Mm-hmm. Fairly evenly matched roster-wise, the Browns just have a good matchup. I think the Steelers have the perfect roster to defensively to frustrate the Browns. They don't have the perfect roster offensively to frustrate anyone, but they have the perfect roster defensively to frustrate the Browns because they have such a fast defensive line at all, at all levels at, at all, at all, all across. They have such a fast defensive line that it counters our power really well. Yeah, I, I can agree. Cause it, it just seemed like there was no comfortable pocket the entire night that Deshaun could just settle in and, and survey the field. It felt like as soon as things started to get, get a little dicey, 
that's when things just started to get out it get haywire like every time yeah it's i mean luckily we don't have to see them again for a while i think november but and the browns have played them well in cleveland it's pittsburgh it, it like just the the voodoo devil magic that they have in that stadium yeah, the, whatever it is, you, you can't exactly explain it at all. Um, it's just, it's frustrating because it's evident, it like, it's so plainly evident that the Browns are the better team. So plainly evident. Like, it's hitting you over the head. Like, you, it should not be, it should not have been as much of a game as it turned into. Like, Kenny Pickett was 15 for 30 with a, a long touchdown and a pick. And he, like, it should not have been as Kenny, interesting as it turned into. Kenny Pickett threw for 222 yards. 71 of them came on one play, and 40 of them came on another. Like, you, you the game plan that we talked about all week is basically showed itself. Like, you, you make Kenny Pickett throw, he's, got, he's not going to look good. But the thing was, everything got so screwy from the first play, first play of the game that you basically like, I was trying to think of how to describe it. It's like, you know, the freeze, like the, the guy that runs it at the Atlanta Braves games against like random people. Yeah. Imagine if the freeze was like the person started, had a head start. And then for some reason, the freeze lost all motor skills and was stumbling, tripping, falling over himself he still made it interesting, but then he kept just like he, he just lost it for whatever reason. And you're thinking, yeah, the guy won, but what happened to the freaks? Like that's kind of what it felt like. Yeah. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts. It's it's so frustrating to lose to the Steelers. It's more frustrating knowing that you so vastly outplayed them in everything except for generating pressures on the quarterback. Um, it's, I mean, the only thing that the Browns did considerably worse was turnovers and eight penalties for 81 yards, 30 of those coming on Deshaun Watson face masks. Uh, which the, have you the, ever seen that before? I, the, I, the first of which the se- the second one was clear. I mean, I can kind of see his explanation that his, the guy was pulling down on his arm and it got his fingers got caught, but you don't put your hand there and don't grip and it's not an issue. The second, the first one, I thought his pinky got stuck in the face mask. <laughs> yeah. And, and usually they're pretty lenient on like, especially with the offensive players, like on a stiff arm, like they, they're usually pretty lenient unless it's like extremely obvious. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't want to go down the conspiracy route with Deshaun Watson and NFL officiating in the Browns, but like, you might as well, <laughs> we might as well. Oof. Um, yeah, that wasn't the reason they lost. Um, but, the, the fumble overturn at midfield was weird. The fact that they call two face masks on him, but not when he gets face masked is weird. Yeah. Uh, the pass interference, I get not li- having the game come down to that, but weird. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, if you don't throw a pick six and you don't give up a strip sack fumble... You're not in that position. You win by 10 points. So, (laughs) yeah, it's basically like you can, you can basically explain, explain away, but the, 
the problem is you put yourself in the hole. You can't just pretend like you didn't dig yourself in the hole. Yeah. I mean, the Steelers scored 26 points, but their offense scored 12. <laughs> so, yeah. The defense was not the problem. The offense gave up more points to the Steelers than the defense did. Which should never happen in any game, regardless of who you're facing. No, I mean, we've seen games like that happen where the defense scores, like the Browns give up a couple defensive touchdowns to the team, but then the defense also gives up touchdowns and they lose by 30. <laughs> the defense was really good. The, 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 uh, there was the stat, the Steelers didn't have, the Steelers had negative seven yards in the fourth quarter. They won a football game. They had nine first downs for the entire game. They won a football game on that. They never ran a play inside the Browns 30, let alone the freaking red zone, and they won a football game. If you just – if you made one mistake, I think you would have been okay in this game. The fact that they had four turnovers, one was an Njoku check down that should never been a fumble in any case, any case scenario you can think of. That's like – uh, you usually that the play's dead, you punt, whatever. But the fact that he did not protect the ball and it got punched out, like, come on, man. It's like, I mean, I don't, I don't think he could have ever seen that guy coming. He was getting tackled the up facing the opposite direction. I mean, yeah, cover the ball, but it's one of those things. It, like, like many of the punts last night, it's one of those and the fumble on Watson's QB run on fourth down, like the voodoo magic. It's just like, yeah, just like, how can you explain it? Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it sucks that the Browns are still in this cycle where they're battling themselves and they haven't reached that quote unquote normal good team spot yet. Yeah, that that's just kind of my thought too. It feels like. They're still battling the old demons. I don't understand why, like, what it's going to take to purge it. I mean, if if this is cosmic retribution for bringing Watson on, then why haven't other teams that do similar things face the same thing? If this is cosmic retribution for uh, Jimmy Haslam running a company that committed. Uh, rebate fraud. Why have another owners that have done horrible things face the consequences on the field? Like, wh- why? Why? <laughs> this is where losses like this leave you. Like, why does this happen? Why does this keep happening? Why does the same shit keep happening? Yeah. Like, you. you- yeah, that's just kind of where I'm at, too. It's just you don't know where to pin it because it's just like you've seen it before. And you don't know why it keeps happening, but it's just but, like... And what doesn't make sense is it happens over and over again. And it's happened over and over again for 20 years. And it's not like... It's very evident we haven't had the same quarterback or the same coaches for all that time. Why does it keep happening? Like, what... Why cannot why can't the franchise shake this funk that Art Modell left us with? <laughs> I wish I had the answer, buddy. I wish I had the answer. That, that's the problem. No one does. Like you can say go out and be better all you want, but like why? Like why does It doesn't. What doesn't make sense is that it keeps happening with different. The the same thing happens with different teams. Yeah, like, like it. It makes sense when it's like you're you're bad for a little bit, and then like this stuff happens. You know. Yeah, like and once like, you get out of it, that, that's when you kind of cleanse yourself of just whatever rebuild you got yourself out of. Yeah, if you're the, if you're the Vikings. Yeah, you're a solid football team, but there's enough evidence to see that Kirk Cousins sucks in the in the limelight. Like you know that this is going to happen. You know it's coming. <laughs> like even when you try to talk yourself out of it, it's just like it feels inevitable. It's like 
I don't know. I mean, maybe this is too much like woe is me, but like, yeah. And it's not exactly hard hitting analysis, but we're, I'm not sitting here watching film. I know enough about the game to not be an idiot, but like (laughs) (laughs) it's, there's, there's some things that happen that are just beyond reason almost like they're beyond the ability to comprehend them in a sense that like there, you can't just say, Oh, well the Browns are the Browns and this is what happens. Like, no, eventually that's not the case because you've cycled through so many regimes that how can they all end up having the same things happen? Yeah. Like it's almost like, yeah, you would think after so many regime changes and so many different philosophy changes that they tried to figure out, it just keeps, keeps landing back at the same problems that you're just like, why does this keep happening? And why does this, do we have to feel like something cosmically or something from the heavens is like keeping us from trying to figure it out? Like, like what is, we've been searching for the ability to get over the hump for like five or six years now, but the hump keeps moving and you, it keeps getting bigger for no re like no matter what they do. This is the best roster they've had since probably the eighties. And like, <laughs> it's just a, a, a new problem pops up. It's like whack-a-mole. You think you solve one and then another pops up and then you're whacking the mole and then another pops up. It's just like, you can't figure out where to plug this hole because the, the hole keeps moving. Yeah. I mean, so many of these problems would be solved if Deshaun Watson is worth, even if he's middle of the road at this point, like get there, get to that point. I, I don't even like at this point, Elite would be a nice bonus. Don't suck. Yeah, like at at, at this point, you just need to build stack games together. Like we're kind of at that point where it's like, do we just need to like stack game to game to game to where he can eventually get his confidence to a point where it was before? Because I feel like when watching the game, it felt like, uh, what was the one play? Uh, I think you showed it in the Discord where it was like he ignored the bubble screen. He took on the – like he pulled the ball back to him and he then basically tried to ram himself through through a guy. And it, it, it just felt emblematic of what it, his tenure is right now. It seems like he wants to be the old Deshaun and he's trying to force the issue and not playing within himself. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I wrote down this question. I think we've we've uh, kind of alluded to it, but like, how many more how many more games does he have? You said your confidence was at a four or five. How many more games do you have before you reach the point where you're like, "That shit, I never coming back. He's done." Um, I came in th- this summer. I was gonna say Halloween, but like that was that was banking on at least seeing some glimpses in the first month and a half of the season. We haven't seen anything right now. And I don't know. I mean, we talked about earlier, he's not going to go anywhere. So like you're stuck, but how much longer before you reach the point of acceptance where you like, okay, well, he's never even going to be average again. I mean, that's the part that's like kind of confusing because he is still 27 and it, 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 there is some, there should be some reasonable expectation that he can get back to, to a level of competency. Like that, uh, I would think if it just is like this the whole year, and that's where my breaking point is going to be because I, I feel like at some point, whether this is just blind optimism or not, that he's going to show and start showing why we paid him all this money. But I can understand why right now everybody's just kind of reached their wits end because of like the last one year or so months of the, the 11 game suspension, all the like all the stuff where it's just like, 
like what where you're basically like come on man we we made this investment in you what can you just give us something and and, and you know this is a point that i've kind of brought up i workshopped my way through how i wanted to explain it in the discord today um this is so grating on everyone that has that decided to stick with the team after they brought him in because the the hope was yeah they they brought in someone that you know i'll be honest i didn't want them to do it i don't know how you felt i kind of was I, I kind of was mixed about it. I would I would have understood why they brought him in, but I would have understood at the same time the the ramifications because and it would have happened with any other team if he went to like Carolina, Atlanta. It would have been the same type of issues that we're seeing now with the public reception and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean that that wasn't going to change no matter where he went. But like the fact that it's you know Browns fans that stuck stuck by that have to deal with it you hope the payoff is at least good football. Yeah. Because you endure so much shit from the outside. 31 other fan bases that are so vehemently rooting against you every week. Uh, The NFL, who my thought is extended the punishment because the other owners got pissed off that they gave him so much guaranteed money and they, he reset them. They reset the market. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that that was as much as the NFL wants to portray that they were trying to be progressive on punishing for crimes against women. The track, record really there is, the track record there is not great. Yeah. I think no. other, I think other owners were just like, Hey, screw this guy. Get back in there and do some more. Give him some more games. Find a way to do it. Um, <laughs> uh, because we want them that we want them to feel this. So I, I think there's there's a point, and I kind of explained it this way in the Discord earlier. This could sound like so some over dramatic shit where you you could say that you know it's just a game, move on, grow up. You have you have the rest of your you have the, the rest of what goes on in your life to worry about. Don't let it affect you outside outside you know watching the game but like there's a certain point where having cognitive dissonance between this is the team that i root for and it they they do something that i don't agree with and then they are failing and it's it sucks to watch losing but to have like literally everyone else that watches football sit there and dance on your grave, like dance on the grave of the Browns. It's mentally taxing. And and I, I, it's, it sucks because you don't want to admit that it affects your life outside that, but separating, they're celebrating the Browns demise from they're celebrating something that is making me upset. That line gets blurry after a while. Yeah, I get what you mean because, like, it just—it's—it's it's one thing to lose, and it's another to feel like the whole world's against you, even though you're—it's not really your fault. Which sounds silly because, like, we're fans; like, we're—we shouldn't feel this burden. But at the same, no, this time, is this isn't something we can control. So, like, why it? Why does it affect us? But like, the psychological toll that it takes having everyone celebrate your your team's demise in like a in a very emphatic way not even like a oh the patriots lost har 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 like <laughs> like cowboys lost ha 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 like yeah like just... yeah but this is this feels different and this is what you brought on yourself when you brought him in but i don't know Everything about the Deshaun Watson experience sucks. Yeah. To, I mean, and I, I, like, I would accept... Man, I don't want to say that I would accept it because I don't... I never agreed with it in the first place. But, like, at I, least I if they were good on the football field, some of that would go away. Yeah, I, I, I can agree. Because, like, at least 
if proof of concept showed itself, you could at least tolerate it and be like, okay, I kind of get it. It wasn't like something I totally agree with it, but I mean, I get it. It's, it's a business. You're, it's wins losses, you know? Yeah. And you weren't doing it with Baker. <laughs> you weren't going to bring in Jimmy Garoppolo. Like <laughs> you could try to trade for Kirk cousins, but like, okay, it's not going to get you very far. Um, you, you went for broke with the guy that had an approval rating lower than the opposite uh, political party's president. <laughs> well, at least <laughs> whatever your pol- yeah. whatever your political affiliation is, th- that 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 party's approval of the opposite party's president. This is the that it is the Sean Watson's approval rating is lower than that. Yeah, <laughs> just I can agree with that. I can totally understand. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. <laughs> It, it's just, it's hard to explain. And, and if this gets out to, eh, I mean, who cares? People are going to say, we're, we're just two idiots want. just talking. If, yeah. If, if you want to come at me, come find me in Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You come find me in somewhere in Ohio. Like, yeah, you can say what you <laughs> need say, to say. Like, it's not going to say it to my face. Like, you, <laughs> It's it's not gonna. You wouldn't say the things you say to Browns fans to their face because they are people who are rooting for a team that they don't agree with the decisions, but they also couldn't stop rooting for the team. And for some people, that's a flaw. I have plenty of friends that gave up on the team or are very vehemently like anti Watson but they still root for the team and I get it. I, I, I wrote way back when this happened that I wasn't going to speak ill of people that left the team because this happened when, but I did, I also didn't want people to speak ill of those who stayed. And yeah. I don't think for the most part, I don't think other fan, other fan bases are, that serious about the oh all browns fans suck because they support this guy i don't think any i I think the amount of people in the fan base that would support that say they would support watson himself is probably fairly low yeah like if you talk to an ordinary browns fan they probably would say i love nick chubb or miles garrett a lot more than deshaun and it probably for those reasons just because of all the stuff that like how it like just pretty much like um, we know it's wrong. Yeah. Like there's no getting around it. Like obviously he's the quarterback. You're going to root for him for that, from that standpoint and keep it at that. But obviously it's just, there's no going around it. Like he did like he, whatever happened, happened and he's going to have to live with it for the rest of his life. What, what, he didn't like, that's just kind of what it is. Yeah. The sad part, like the, the, the shitty part is not sad. The shitty part is we have to deal with some of it. Even like a small percentage of it. We as fans have to deal with it. Yeah. And it just <laughs> like, does it make you want to give up on the team? No. I mean, no, it... but like, man, that exit ramp, <laughs> it's there. It's tempting. I mean, but. I don't know how tempting it is, but it's there. Yeah, like, it. I mean, it's easy to, yeah, it would be easy to say, hey, just jump off. But, I mean, I mean, I got family that are Browns fans. What am I going to do if I just say, oh, I'm not a Browns fan anymore? Like, and I don't think it would I, ever change. <laughs> like, I mean, would it be easier for me if the Panthers weren't ass? Maybe. But, like. I I at least have like the Cavs and Browns, so I can tune out the like. Oh oh, wait, the Cavs and the Guardians, so I can at least tune out the Browns if need be. So like, yeah, once Cavs season starts, if this Brown season has gone down the shitter by then, like, sure, I'll watch more Jared Allen and Evan Mobley do fun things. But like, football is still my first love, and it sucks to feel this way. Yeah, like this is. This is a different kind of losing. Yeah, like 
it, it's one thing to just lose. Like if it was just like take the whole all we discussed. If it if we're just talking about one and one, it's not the end of the world. He, teams no, are- this this is week two. We're one and one. Like we have a division win over the team that everyone picked to win the division. We have another division game in two weeks. We could beat that team because the Ravens are still kind of an enigma. Um, but something, I guess about, just... something about the vibes of that game last night just set off something. I, I don't want to call it fatalistic in me, but like, wow, it's been a bad day. <laughs> I think it's been for all of us, man. <laughs> That's one thing we can agree on. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. I've been known to be over dramatic. I've written that way before, but like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm being over dramatic or not. I mean, I think it is fair because, like, it was on national television. It's Monday Night Football. Like, and when you do as many self-inflicted wounds as you did to a team you know you're better than it just takes the piss out of whatever like <laughs> it just amplifies that feeling even more like yeah and, and nick chubb i think just pushed it over the edge yeah because with how much with how respected he is in that locker room like you could tell it's just they were dazed and confused the entire rest of the game. Like they couldn't even focus. I, I can, I can understand if half of the execution was literally because of that. I think, I think had they not lost Nick Chubb last night, well, one, they probably would have won the game, but two, we'd be dealing with the Deshaun Watson stuff, but they'd have won the game. And, you know, maybe you can stave off the, Watson is garbage and needs to be. We need to play Dorian Thompson Robinson going forward. Like, that's never the answer. Um, but the the Chubb injury just compounded everything that was wrong with last night. Yeah, like it, it just felt like, like it, yeah, it just felt like the cherry on top of a very shitty Sunday. Like, that's just what it felt like. Yeah. Right. I'm going <laughs> to have to apologize to Gerbs after this because I, I think I, I – I I sw- Way more than we usually do. <laughs> I swore three minutes in. <laughs> Sorry, Mom and Dad, if you're listening to this. <laughs> usually I try to save that for the end when I know people have kind of drifted off. But, like, I think that's just the emotions, like, the emotions that come out of last night. I don't know. I could sit here and commiserate all day. I don't have any drinks left in my house because I'm moving this weekend. But like, ugh, yeah, gross. Yep. Well, we gotta keep we gotta keep marching on. Game on Sunday. Yep. Yeah, we're recording another podcast in 48 hours. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Gerbs doesn't know what we did for an hour. <laughs> oh. Hopefully he's not too upset. <laughs> Hopefully he's doing good in D&D. I hope that's as distracting as as we hope it is. Um, I, I think that's a good place to sign off. We uh, we need to sign off somewhere because otherwise we can just keep going. <laughs> but um, my, like I said, we'll be back to record another podcast on Thursday night to preview the Titans game. Contrary to contrary to what everyone thinks, the Browns still do play football this weekend, and they're still favored. Yep, three and a half or three point favorites. I forget which. And they're still a, they're look right now. They're still a favored team to make the playoffs. Like as much as we are basically as much <laughs> as do as much doom and gloom as we've we've had tonight. Like. The season's not over. They could go out and win the next two games, be three and one going into the bye. Yeah, and like if Deshaun looks better, we're we're all gonna laugh. <laughs> it's just kind of that's how weird football is sometimes. It's a week to week game. You're waiting for the next game and you overanalyze everything. To no, I don't. Of- no, I don't think we're gonna laugh if Deshaun Watson has a good game on Sunday because the Titans have given up 300 yards passing to both. Their you first you will, you'll at least feel better. Like okay, you'll feel better, but progress. 
progress. We're making progress. But like until he has a stretch of like four good games out of five, like it's gonna be hard to be a believer. So we'll we'll revisit that on on Thursday and talk about the Titans. Last time we played the Titans, Baker Mayfield had a good game. So that's how long ago that was. <laughs> yep. But um, I think that's a good place to sign off. Anything else? Uh, I got it out of my system. I think I did too. Today sucked. Yeah. Move on, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, move on. Watch a good movie. Listen to some music. Just find things to make you happy for the, at least a little bit, just to get your mind off of it. That's my sound advice. That's what I've been doing anyway. I had to sit in silence in an office all day today. Yeah. <laughs> it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Well, for Matt Milner, I am Taylor Jedrzak and go Browns. Question go Browns. Mark. Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. 